This isn't your average church podcast, and we're not your average hosts. Welcome to the Young Adults Podcast of St. Mark's Church in Los Angeles. On this episode, I chat with my good friend Antoine about his experience doing Exodus 90. Exodus 90 is a 90-day spiritual exercise for men based on three pillars, prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. We'll get into exactly what this spiritual program entails, its challenges, and its rewards. If you'd like to find out more, go to exodus90.com or download the app on your phone. Hope you enjoy. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. How was your Easter, man? What'd you do? What'd you eat? Talk to me. What did I do? I uh, we saw, I sat home and like everybody else in quarantine, and uh, I ate my parents' uh, dropped off food. Did you so. did you live stream the liturgy? Oh yeah, yeah. This is the one time that I actually live streamed the uh, the uh, the one in Egypt and actually followed there. I always never do it because I'm always like, that's usually around what, like 3 p.m. when we're getting ready or beginning to fast or something like that. And then we we get ready and then you just go and attend it. But since we know we weren't going to attend it, I just, I live streamed that one. I didn't live stream the one, the local one. Oh, uh, because, uh, because you really love Arabic or because you wanted to eat earlier? No, I think, I think when you, when you're able to live stream anything, I think that was the learning this, this festival week was that because you can live stream anything, you're not like, you're not tied to just live streaming your own church. So you can just live stream anything. You're like, so why, why would I not live stream, you know, the Pope or why would I not live stream uh, this really nice church in New York or Canada? Or, I think I live stream all over the, all over the world during this right, week. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. interesting. It was pretty yeah. cool. The same Maurice was holding it down though. Yeah. Yeah. Is this part of the podcast? It can be. I don't see why not. I was just, I was just wondering. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I started recording. Uh, it, oh, okay. It's automatic. It starts from the beginning. Nice. Anyways, no one's listening to this. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you throw this in the recycle bin, this, yeah. this part. <laughs> Anyways, man, I asked you why because I had no other options. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. I asked you all because <laughs> you told me. Well, that me makes more sense anyways. So. <laughs> you told me about this spiritual program you were doing that sounded pretty unique. Um, you actually told me about it a while ago when I noticed no one was making fun of my parking lot singing videos. And I was like, <laughs> where are you at? And you're like, oh, I'm off social media. Um, mm. And so you didn't tell me all about it then, but then I found out about it later when we talked. So. Exodus 90, tell me what is it and how did you hear about it? So it, I, you know, I don't actually remember how I heard about it. It must've been just somebody that I follow either on Twitter or something like that, um, had, had posted it or reposted it. Um, and I just thought I would check it out. It was just, it was just well-branded. It was very simple message, um, spiritual journey, learn more, something like that. I clicked on it. And uh, they had a pretty clean, concise message, simple. Um, and then it had a, a corresponding uh, phone, a mobile app. 
And so I downloaded the app. It's free to download. Um, and you're able to kind of just see the program. So what I liked about it was, or what appealed to me about it was that it was a kind of a holistic program. So I'm always seeking opportunities to grow in my spiritual life. Uh, I mean, I need any, any advancement I can get. So when I learned about this, what really appealed to me about it was just, just the wholeness of it. There's many things I've, I've stumbled upon where it's just one dimensional, either avoiding a bad habit or just a reading plan or, I mean, those are really kind of the only two or, or maybe some form of a fraternity. Yeah. But this one had, it really is based on prayer, asceticism and fraternity. That's kind of the, the message in this Exodus program. So you piece together your own fraternity. It's not like you just join random members. So you got to find kind of days, like, right? say it again. It's 90 days, right? Yeah. It's called Exodus 90. Um, I don't know if they're trying to brand down to just Exodus, but um, it's, it's called Exodus 90. Mm. Um, and so basically um, that's what I liked about it. That's what appealed to me just right off the bat. It's a, it, it was a full 90 day program. It was opportunity to kind of just really reset is very challenging. It's not easy at all. Um, but I had uh, two uh, of my closest uh, friends, brother figures um, that I knew were also looking to kind of take a big step, you know, forward in their, uh, in their life and their spiritual life. Um, and so I kind of just, I told them about it. I said, Hey, look, I've obviously never done this before. It seems good. Um, I've read a little bit about it, told them a little bit and they, they said they were on board and I said, okay, we set a starting day. Um, and then we, we just, just started, you know, no, 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 yeah. no crazy prep work, you know? So, so your fraternity was you three guys. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get into this with you cause I did some research on this thing and okay. it's pretty, it's pretty intense from what I read. Yeah. And you know, I looked at the, I looked at the interviews of one of the co-founders who uh, started the program, all this stuff. Um, it's basically like, I'm going to summarize and say it's like a monastic life kind of in the world, um, which is yeah. not really foreign to the Coptic church, but for 90 days straight with all these restrictions and it has some other twists and turns, but I want to go through it uh, piece by piece with you. You outlined the three major components is prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. Yeah. Let's start off with the prayer aspect. What were your uh, kind of daily requirements there, your commitments? Um, yeah. So let me start off with this. So, you know, cause I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to pitch this in the, in the appropriate way. So obviously if you want to learn more about it, you go to Exodus 90, they're going to pitch it much better than I will. But from my perspective, when we we did do the initial read exactly like what you're referring to you read kind of all the things that you're asked to do um uh, and it's daunting it's like it's 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 borderline undoable essentially in in the modern day world right especially especially with a family um or even if you're if just you got a million things to do like for you to carve out the time for most of these things it's tough and then the elimination of so many things is tough um so first we started with like, okay, what's the end goal here is, will we be better in 90 days if we even attempt this? And the answer was a, a, a resounding yes. So we started with that first, knowing very well that a lot of the things, the items that were listed on there were 
going to be tough to uphold for 90 days, right? By the way, today is the 89th day. So tomorrow is day 90 actually for me. So um, we went down the list and we, we looked at it and I can mention a couple of things. There's, you know, strange things in there. Like you can only take cold showers. Um, that's in like, there's, you know, there's components within the, the three categories, like I mentioned. Um, so I did that yesterday, just to remember, remind myself what it feels like. And it was terrible. <laughs> the worst so, ever. Yeah. So I gotta be, so like I said, we, we, we kind of had a chat in the beginning outright, just to be honest with the fraternity. Cause one thing that mentions in there before you even get going on it is, Hey, look, if any of these things that are listed on here in any way, shape or form, um, will not necessarily, it will be a big hindrance for you to do everything else. So say you could do 95% of the things that are listed on there, but 5% is just absolutely undoable to you. Mm -hmm. Don't not do it for the 5%, do it for the 95%. So that's kind of the approach we took, but we didn't go in there in the beginning and eliminate everything right away. Cause we thought about that. We thought, Hey, realistically speaking, you know, one guy in the group just outright came and just said, Hey, look, I'm not going to do cold showers. Like there's, that's, there's no reason for that. He just couldn't wrap his head around it. He just didn't want to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to list some things here just so our yeah. audience knows what you're, what we're talking about here. Right. So some of these the aestheticism requirements are take short, cold showers, uh, regular exercise, full night's sleep, abstain from alcohol, no dessert, sweets, no eating in between meals, <laughs> no TV, video games, uh, no non-essential big purchases, only mm. Christian music, basically no secular stuff. Mm -hmm. Can't use your technology for any non-essential tasks, basically yeah. work, paying bills. Um, and there's a few more things. I mean, that's not even all of them. So you guys are looking at this list and one of your friends is telling you, listen, I'm not, I'm taking my nice warm showers every morning. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and not just that, obviously it was like a lot of those on the list, same thing. Hey, uh, I haven't done a workout plan in X <laughs> amount of years. I'm not suddenly going to become uh, you know, a power lifter tomorrow. Right. So let's be realistic with it. So I think what we took from all of them was, um, and, and again, the way it timed for us too, I was trying to time it with our Easter, with our Orthodox Easter, um, but we couldn't get to it. We couldn't start it fast enough. And I didn't want to just start overnight. Just, Hey, tell them about one, one day I'm telling that, you know, pitching it to the guys. And then the next day we start, I think there's a level of like mental preparation that you are committed to doing this thing you know, you build up for it and then you get started. So that's why time's out with um, tomorrow rather than last week. But so we went through the list and it was like, hey, look, we see the benefits categorically in all these things. So there's reading, there's readings that are done, right? So the whole thing is, is, is messaged around, you know, the story of Exodus, right? So you're going through this journey, just like the Israelites are going through the journey of leaving Egypt and going to the promised land, right? And the the messages the message overall in that story is so analogous to a lot of the struggles that we go through um that christ takes you through and you know you lose trust along the way even though he's done so much for you and then you have to kind of um you know realize what he's done and where he's brought you and then refocus and so on and it's so applicable so we took the message of the reading we said hey no matter what happens we don't drop the readings, no matter what happens. 
And then we went through all the other things, of course, like you mentioned, you know, no desserts and no alcohol and all these things. And we said, okay, we'll be realistic with this. You know, you're not going to suddenly cold turkey, not do anything. If you can, that's great. That's what you should strive to do. And that's, I don't want to mix the message of what they pitch versus what I'm, and I'm not pitching this either. <laughs> I'm just telling you what they, the number one rule is the fraternity has to agree, right? So we went through it and said, look, we're not going to eliminate anything on here, but we're going to be realistic because you have to report to each other every week. So the message is basically you talk every week and you, you, you touch base. Hey, how was your, how did your week go? Right. What was the struggles? Where did you excel? What did you learn from the readings and so on? You hold each other accountable. So if we were going to outright eliminate, you know, half the items on the list and then we come to report, there wouldn't be anything to talk about. Right. So we viewed it as an opportunity to, even if it sounded unrealistic, don't, don't knock it until you try it basically. Right. And it, it along the way you're going to grow just by attempting it. So yeah, to some of the things that you mentioned on there obviously sound, it could be an immediate turnoff, but it's not, it, that's the 5%, sure. right? Like the bigger picture is you going through this journey with your brothers to get closer and to read for 90 days straight and contemplate on that reading and contemplate on where you are in that reading, you know, and that's the bigger picture. So on the topic of readings and prayers, one thing I understood from the program, did you guys also tailor that requirement that you pray for an hour a day and 20 minutes of that is silence um, before God and just kind of uh, hearing his voice every day? Yeah, yeah so that's, ex that's exactly how it's pitched, right? As an hour a day with 20 minutes of silence within that hour. That was one of the things right off the bat we said, okay, no matter what happens, the prayer part is not off the table. Like no matter what, it, it always has to be upheld. That's a long However, time. I'm sorry? That's a long time. It is, but we didn't. So the agreement was, and I don't know about you, but I'll, you know, I'll speak to myself, but you know, there's many times where, you know, I'm, I'm excited about praying and, you know, I have this, you know, a passion and I'm ready to go and, you know, tomorrow's going to be my fresh start and so on. And that was no different in this case. And so what we agreed to was like, hey, look, we, we were all honest with each other before we got started and said, hey, how was your prayer life? And, you know, kind of collectively, we were all, you know, if we rated it ourselves, it would be kind of like a, a C at best, right? Just kind of might be there, might not, depends on the circumstances, depends on the time and so on. Um, so not very consistent. And to go from that to one hour with 20 minutes out of that hour of silence and, um, you know, some of me and another person in the group have kids. Um, a lot of challenges in doing that. So what we agreed to was there has to be a silent component to the prayer, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, or the 20 that they request, great. Um, and then as far as the hour-long prayer, same thing. Um, I think we thought, hey, realistically speaking, to just go from zero to one hour is a little bit of a tall order. So the minimum we set was 30 minutes. So if you take, if you just, if you know, if you have that all, basically just if that 10 minutes of silence and 20 minutes of prayer, um, it's actually quite doable. It sounds crazy when you say it, but when you're up there and you're actually sitting there and, or standing there and praying and doing a reading and, and kind of just dwelling for a little bit, it, it, it's, it's a lot faster than it. Sometimes you end up thinking, I need more time. So right. now as you're talking and you're telling me about how you guys sat together and kind of customize this program to yourselves um, it kind of reminds me of you know we're always told in the church 
you know, before you start anything, go, go talk to your father confession, come up with a plan with him. Sometimes I feel like that advice is, or that instruction is kind of strange for adults, you know, someone who's mm-hmm. like in their thirties, like, why do I have to go to Abuna and ask him, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about praying 30 minutes a day or this or that. Like, you know, I can figure that out on my own. I don't, you know what I mean? So yeah. did you guys, did you guys ever consider like, Hey, let's all go to our spiritual fathers and tell them about this. Or did you just kind of. So ironically, all three of us have the same father of confession. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't, I don't think that was a topic we had. I don't think we said, Hey, well, we have to inform our father of confession first before we get started or something. Right. Um, we definitely informed him during the process mm-hmm. independently. Um, but it ended up being collective because he obviously knows all three of us. So kind of one of the first person who went and confessed, mentioned it to him, mm-hmm. you know, and mentioned, Hey, you know, and, 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 you know, my brother so-and-so is doing it as well. And, um, he was totally on board with it. Uh, to your point about that being kind of like a discussed, like a constant theme of like anything you're about to start and you get kind of that automatic, well, make sure you first go get it, you know, the stamp of approval first. Mm-hmm. I think that probably and I'm not speaking on behalf of the church, obviously, <laughs> but I think that probably, I am yeah, not just to be clear here for your, for the two viewers. Um, I think, I think people are probably, I think that probably started when people kind of just went rogue and um, decided, Hey, I'm going to do a fast for this amount of time. And, Oh, I'm going to, you know, do, I'm going to go quiet time for a week and leave my family. And, and there's just some things that probably don't, they're counterintuitive, mm-hmm. even though they're well-intended that probably is why it started. But I don't think you, if you were to go tell your father confession, Hey, I'm going to enter this 90 day spiritual journey. Right. I just can't imagine that any father of confession is going to say, nah, that's not a good idea. I don't think you should do that. I, I don't think that that's the approach that's going to, you know, right. I, I agree. Um, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, for some reason we become overly dependent on our fathers of confessions. Uh, you know, whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but topic for another day. All right, so you're going through this program, and describe to me the first couple of weeks. Were you like, like, man, I'm really soft because this is really hard, uh, or were you like, I'm really enjoying this? Like, what, what, what was going through your, uh, your mind? So the, if this is so crazy, just the timing of all of this is like we we started it. So day one for us for our group was the day after Kobe died. And so we're about to go, you know, ghost mode on news and social media and pretty much the world. And then at that time, which sounds almost like nothing in comparison to where we're at now, but that was, that was a pretty massive, you know, news day. Um, And then we know already, Hey, next day we're about to shut everything off. So (laughs) right off the bat, it was like infinitely harder. So we were, you know, for an analogy, we were thinking, all right, guys, we're, you know, so tomorrow we're picking up 25, you know, pound dumbbells for the rest of the week. And then suddenly that turned into like 50 pounds automatic right off the bat. Um, but that being said, I think our group was surprisingly very, um, very strong off the bat, you know, um, and I, I don't know what it was. I think it was our passion. All three of us were really enthused about really honestly making a, a, a positive leap in our lives as men, as fathers, as husbands, um, and just really wanting to get closer to Christ. And so we didn't, we didn't want to start off slow. And so we were 
openly admitting, you know, kind of what our challenges were. Uh, a line of communication was always clear for us, so although you couldn't, you know, communicate in other ways, but you can always text the group or call the group. Um, and it's not just a chit chat about anything. It's, it's really more so to get inspiration and, and motivation, you know, for one another and um, just hold each other accountable. So surprisingly, we came off the bat pretty strong, I would say. Mm -hmm. And throughout the whole process, was there any point where you just kind of fell off for a week, two weeks, came yeah. back? Like, be realistic with me. Like, yeah, definitely. 89? No, no, no. So, days or just are we at 89 of 90? So, so yeah, definitely to your point, um, our game plan going in. So we had a game plan, right? This was a full team effort. It was like we had a, you know, almost like a, a preseason, a kind of game plan, what our, you know, our offense is going to look like and, and so on. And our thought process was, hey, look, all right, this is a daunting, you know, um, journey we're about to, you know, go through. And we want to be realistic because we don't want to fail right off the bat. And so what we timed it with was the, was the Lent. So literally almost in half, it would have been 45 days almost, you know, uh, or 40 or something days pre-Lent starts of doing this. And then Lent would start, something along those lines. And so we thought, okay, well, you know what, let's, let's act like, you know, this is gear one. And the, these are the levels that we'll try to hold ourselves accountable to. And then by the time Lent starts, we'll gear it up. So wherever we are lacking or wherever there are gaps or opportunities to improve, we'll pump it up for, for Lent, right? And finish strong. And so the game plan was, you know, functioning perfectly with this. And then obviously right around, you know, second week of Lent or so is when this whole you know, COVID-19 pandemic just kind of blasted everything into obliterant. And so we were not uh, immune to that either, our group. So when your, you know, news is off and all you're hearing from everybody around you is just, you know, the, the, everything's coming to a crash, you can't help but be tempted to follow the news and, and be informed. And then, but once you do that, then that leads to many other doors opening. So definitely we had a, a struggle point I would say probably about the day 60 or so roughly for our group and it seemed very um, it seemed like we all had the same uh, fall off at the same time coincidentally and I think that's part of it that's why fraternity is so strong such a strong component of this and in general in spiritual life if one or two members of the group kind of falls off and you're a three-man group and nobody else is there kind of you know um, sirening the alarm then by the time you come in and check you're discouraged because the whole group is kind of falling apart and that can really either either have you totally fall off or you can kind of re refocus and repurpose and then finish strong so you guys did sound the alarm all at the same time and kind of refocused after that yeah we really had kind of a heart-to-heart -heart and it was an honest kind of i mean got a little even a little uh, testy too, because I think that, you know, when, when you've invested 60 days into anything, mm -hmm. even alone, you're obviously really connected with it. But when you've done something for 60 days with two other brothers, mm -hmm. you know, that also have their own families, um, you're even more tied to it, right? And so we all said, hey, look, we've invested a lot of time into this. We've already seen 
how much better we are as men just two thirds of the way through. Um, let's finish this thing. Let's, let's, let's do it. And not just with the intention of finishing it for 90 days, but let's not let the progress that we've made just become a, a, a nice time in our, in 2020 that we can reflect back on. Um, but rather have it make it be kind of just like permanent habits that are upheld for the foreseeable future. So this fraternity is obviously a very important component. Sounds like it's what kind of kept you going and helped you guys finish it. Yeah. A couple of questions on that. One, if just say someone wants to do this program and they don't have a couple of close friends that are also interested, does, do you know if the app offers like, you know, just random groups? And then if the, if they do offer that, do you think that's, do you think that would be successful or do you think like you should find a couple other guys that you know that like, do you think it would be the same if you did it with people you didn't really know? I don't think so. And, and the only reason I say that is because I think that when you have the inevitable, well, I mean, let me say it this way. Anybody that you, that's committed to doing this, and I don't know if they have this platform even, but just hypothetically, if they had a platform to connect, hey, here are some, you know, stray guys who want to find somebody else to connect with and do this with, and they connected you with anybody really from across the globe, it doesn't really matter. Um, outside of the time zone issues, um, but even if they had a localized kind of connection to this, and I'm, I don't see why it would, it would, there would be a hindrance, but I'll say this, I think it's infinitely better if you can do it with brothers that you grew up with or know um, that are like-minded because it would definitely be better if you can meet for sure. Um, we didn't have that luxury of course, because of the pandemic, but you know, we are FaceTiming just like in, 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 in Skype calling or whatever, just like everybody else is doing now anyways. Uh, but because we know we've known each other for so long, um, you could just tell, you know, when we're having a heart to heart, it's one thing to, you know, call my brother out, out of love and it's much more easily received versus somebody that I don't know at all, you know? Um, so that's probably the only thing I would say. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it can work and, you know, anytime two people want to advance, I don't think God's going to be far from them, but I think it would just naturally work better with people, you know? So are these uh, fraternity meetings, are they structured? Does the program tell you what to do? Or is it just like, hey, let's yeah. chat about our progress? No, no, no. Did you use it's definitely structured. Yeah. No, it's definitely structured. Whoever organized the meeting, whoever organized the group, or the, there's like a group leader, I guess. Um, so whoever kind of started it for their group uh, has kind of a structure, a guide that, um, you know, you go around, you ask how how the week looked um, for everybody. Everybody gets a moment. It's very, it's very, it's timed even, you know, if somebody is kind of um, taking a little bit too much of the, the time that you're supposed to take, then um, there's some sort of like a moderate, you know, moderator figure there. Um, there's also a prayer at the end that is read um, and is based on scripture, obviously. And there's a component in there too, where you talk specifically about the struggles so, you know, it's not kind of a chit chat, you know, how, Hey, how was your week? It's, it's really more intended to be uh, a checkup, um, you know, a recalibration and a, and a refocusing for the, for the upcoming week. Okay. 
and ju just to throw this out there so people know we're talking like this program was developed by catholic people this is uh yeah our that's, catholic a, that's our primary audience for this um but yeah but i would say i mean it's all of, it's all scripture based so yeah. yeah it's i don't i don't my personal take on that is is uh i don't think that that was even worth mentioning that's why i didn't uh, you know right off the bat I'm only, uh, because, I'm only bringing it up just um, just so people know where like why this why an app online has like all these ascetical type practices you know the catholic church is you know is an ancient church so it's not like right this isn't so random to them you know like um, sure. this, this kind of is, is in line with their with their practices sure um all right, so before I get into all the positives you experienced in your life as a result of this, I want to talk a little bit more about potential points of friction, hard, you know, hurdles you had to overcome, just, you know, so people kind of are prepared for them. So I'm imagining, you know, you have a family, you have a wife, a daughter, and you can't watch TV. <laughs> you can't, you know, like, you know, how does that work out? You know, you want to, your wife wants to hang out and chill, maybe watch a movie, like, did you cross that off the list or are you just like, no, like, so my wife, like, you know, we can sit and read if you want. <laughs> no. So two things. Uh, one of the things that it, it advises you, um, you know, the program advises you to do before you get started is if you're married is to talk about it with your wife. Um, so you're not just, you know, one day you're, you know, watching a Netflix show together and the next day it's like totally off the table and you know, she's on her own or something like that. <laughs> I don't think that's the purpose. So I think a couple of things that they mentioned to you right off the bat is if this is supposed to develop you as um, you know, a son of God as a man. And if you're watching a, you know, um, a decent show with your spouse, um, that's not something that is obviously holding you back. Now, if that's a good portion of your day, um, of your personal time, then, then that is kind of where you have to draw the line. For me personally, my wife doesn't really watch too much TV anyways, so it wasn't a problem for me. Um, but for uh, the two other members in their group, their spouses, they kind of had a routine where they watch you know, set shows together. And so all they did was just lessen the, the, the quantity, right? And just so if they were watching, you know, one particular show and they were binging it, you know, on Friday night to Saturday night or so, something like that, they didn't really do that. They just kind of distributed across, you know, an episode here, an episode there, something like that. But it's not intent. It is, it is very practical. You can make it as practical as you want. And honestly, I think what you learn is you, you know when you're, you're being honest with yourself and, and you're starting to say, hey, look, all right, this is not realistic. And then deep down you're thinking, no, actually, this is realistic. I just don't really want to do it. And you start holding yourself accountable, um, especially if you start off strong. And that might have been what happened with us. We started off so strong and we saw the immediate fruits of the labor right off the bat. And so we didn't want to immediately just kind of not build on that just for the sake of watching TV or whatever. But again, to be very clear and honest, we were very honest. I mean, Super Bowl was, I think, the following week, right when we started. Mm -hmm. It was either the following, the, the first Sunday, right when we started, or the second Sunday. And we just all agreed, hey, look, we're going to be at, you know, our 
friend's house or, you know, brother-in-law's house or whatever it might be. We're not going to tell them to turn off the Super Bowl. And we're not going to, you know, not look at the Super Bowl like it's, you know, like it's, it's, it's something inappropriate to watch or something like that. Um, so of course there's things like that. You know, I, I travel for work or I traveled for work, you know, when traveling was okay. <laughs> um, and there'd be TVs out, you know, so if we're all, you know, at dinner and there's a TV there, I'm, I'm not going to just go out of my way to, you know, not look at it as if it's something inappropriate, but it's, that's not what this, that's not what this is about. It's not about just kind of mindless, uh, removal of things for no reason. The idea here is to be able to sit in silence and to spend more time in contemplation and reading scripture and growing closer to Christ. And you start realizing, obviously, it starts dawning on you how much time you are committing to all of these other things. So me, for example, I'm a big, I'm a big sports fan. And to, at the time when there was sports, um, to immediately just cut off uh, the NBA, for example, just cold, just, hey, no more games starting tomorrow. Um, that was tough. So to any, even I would get alerts, for example, and I would start realizing, well, hey, if all I did was just click on this alert, it'll pull up highlights. If I've watched the highlights, it's really not that much different than watching the game, except I'm just doing it in a less efficient way. And so you just start realizing how much time you used to give to this, that you are now recommitting that time to growing in your spiritual life. And so I think that's kind of from the practical sense, that's what it is. It's not just mindless removal of things. You start kind of being honest with yourself as you grow in it. Um, and so if you watch a show, you know, here and there, or if you watch the movie one time with your spouse or a couple of times or whatever it might be, um, it's, it's, you actually feel it, feel the time that you're giving a lot more than what you used to. You know, you can never binge. You can't go from not watching anything to suddenly binge watching three shows in a row. It just sounds insane to do it. Um, whereas in the past, that was, you know, a that regular Friday night. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was just a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's kind of wild to think about it. Like how much um, media we consume every day and don't even think about it. Um, did you compare your on-screen time from before you yeah. started this until like, you know, maybe midway point or something? Yeah, right off the bat, I deleted, because um, uh, part of it, obviously, like you, I think you mentioned it earlier, is there's no social media in it. Um, uh, my social media, I only had Instagram and, and Twitter anyways. Um, so I deleted, I deleted them off the phone just right off the bat so I can just not have even the... Um, you know, temptation or the, the natural clicking to, to, to see, you know, to get my update, get my feed update in the morning or whatever it might be. Um, so right off the bat, I just deleted them. And um, I mean, you, you really kind of just learn right off the bat. One of the things that our groups talked about was how right away in the first week when we all deleted our apps and we put the Exodus app where the app that we used the most used to be and your natural tendency was to go and click there. It's like subconsciously happening. You're just going to go click there yeah. and you realize it's just going to be a scripture reading and you realize how you feel about that, mm -hmm. you know, and that also tells you everything you needed to know about how much you were a slave to that. Yeah. Even though I don't consider myself or I didn't consider myself really a, a slave to social media. I don't have Facebook. Um, I'm not, you know, a regular poster on any of the, any of the, any of the, um, IG or Twitter. Um, I mean, comparatively, I should say, 
Um, but just the natural reflex to just go there and just get an update on something that is probably not really that important. I do it like a hundred times a day. Like probably, right. no, I'm not even kidding. I probably check Twitter like 50 times a day. Right. And the information overkill, I, so Twitter was infinitely harder for me to cancel or, um, you know, put on the hiatus than Instagram. Instagram was not a problem. I had done that before with Facebook. I deleted it, you know, a while back and I never looked back. And I thought it was a, a huge relief. You know, I didn't have that burden of, of an update anybody or feel the need to post about, you know, in, in particular milestones in my life and so on. And that's a, it's a nice weight off your shoulder. It's really great, actually. I encourage, encourage it for most people. IG is a little bit more of kind of like a reduced version of that where you just only post pictures mm -hmm. um, and you get to choose whatever you want to do and whatnot. No events, no invites, anything. It's great. So that one was easy to just kind of turn off. Um, Twitter was the hardest because I get all my news sources from there. I get all my sports, you know, uh, rumor mills from there. Um, and, you know, a lot of, uh, and I get a lot of good from there too. I follow a lot of, you know, uh, people of the faith and, you know, their, their posts, either links to, that's how I heard about Exodus, for example. Mm. So um, that was the hardest one for me to turn off. But again, it's, it's, it's kind of like if you've ever been to the monastery for the first time and you realize you never really heard what silence actually is until you're there. And then you start realizing that silence is, it's, it's a really desirable thing and it's, it brings in a lot of peace, but you still have to kind of adjust to understand it. You don't just immediately go into silence it, right away. If you've ever gone from like the city to the monastery or anywhere where, you, where there's real silence, it's kind of uncomfortable in the beginning. And then after a while you realize how peaceful it was. And so that was kind of the same thing here where, you know, the tendency to just go in there and update now I'm filled in on 18 stories and everyone's opinions about those stories. And while that was very informative and helpful, um, it could take you down the rabbit hole and suddenly you've wasted two hours or three hours of your day. You could have committed those two or three hours to anything. It doesn't have to even, it didn't even have to be scripture. It could have been you working out, um, you listening to something that, you know, that you could learn about, um, spending time in my case, spending time with my daughter, with my wife, um, you know, doing work, business in inquiries, whatever, just true betterment of your life that you were just randomly just throwing off every single day to staying informed. Right. Yeah. But, um, you realize you, you hit on something that I felt actually, I only deleted my social media apps for one week during Holy week. And I was like very uncomfortable. I was like, it felt like I gave up like drugs or something. Like I was itching like to open these apps again. So how long, like, how long did it take for you to settle down, like with this new reality of like having this extra time, like literally we're talking about extra hour, like at least two hours per day, I imagine for you. Um, and how did you refocus that time? Were you bored? Um, and just how did you fight the temptation to, to go back to that stuff? So two things. So, you know, for me, and I don't know about, it's different for everybody, of course, but for me, a lot of the time I was giving to social media was kind of just broken. You know, it was, it was kind of spread out throughout the day. So there's the natural 10, you know, tendency to do it in the morning at some point in your morning routine, whatever that looks like. 
um, whether it's kind of uh, dangerously when you're driving to work or when you're brushing your teeth or whatever it might be, having your first coffee, whatever. But at some point in the morning, um, definitely in pockets throughout the day in work, depending on your work day. Uh, maybe during your lunch, definitely when you're in your lunch and you're just kind of ordering something, you're browsing through it some point in the evening and so on. But then when you realize, and like you said, iPhone now very um, uh, efficiently lets you just exactly see how much time you spent and you can lock each app independently, as you know, I'm sure, um, to whatever, five minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. Um, so I already had some prep work into this before where I already wanted to reduce the amount of time I was giving to say, for example, Twitter or Instagram or whichever were my social media tools. And when I did that, you start realizing when you set, hey, 30 minutes a day and you blow that out of the water and like by 9 a.m., you're like, okay, this is a problem, you know? Whether you're posting or not, I know a lot of people who say, well, I don't really have a problem, I don't post that much. It's not about that. I mean, that's a problem too, of course, but you could not be posting, but you're spending all your time there just watching other people post. It's really more about the time that you are giving to something and you're not realizing what it does. Right. So it's kind of like ties to, you know, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also, you don't realize what your treasure is until it's gone often. Right. So if you remove social media apps from your phone and you're just itching to get it back on, that's your treasure. And so that's also where your heart is. So I think that what I would say is anybody who goes through this, whether it be through Exodus or any other, milestone you know oh you want to cut it off for holy week or just for whatever a 30 day span that you want to grow in or whatever when you start realizing how hard it is that should be the motivation because you're real why is it really that hard to delete an app that you didn't have five years ago what is it that's on there that you are missing out on that you can't get in other ways right and if it's just being informed about what your social circle is doing, you start realizing about how surface level that is, right? Yeah, you might miss on a couple of big things. Sure, there's gonna be an announcement of somebody's gender reveal or, you know, or announcement of a kid or somebody's getting married or whatever, right? And that's, and I don't think there's anything bad to staying informed with that, right? But the odds of, of a close friend of yours having an experience like that and you don't know strictly off of social media because you're off of social media, it probably tells you a little bit more about your friendship rather than, um, you know, the importance of social media. So I think really the idea is just to say, Hey, look, I definitely am overly attached to this. So I got to cut down on it and that should be the motivation. And over time you kind of ease back into it. And so for example, in our group for our last week, we said, okay, let's begin the transition of post 91, right? So day 91 is there's another session. We're going to continue on. We're not going to just stop. So, but we're all going to lift some of those restrictions and we said, okay, let's lift the, let's lift the, you know, uh, requirements of social media right off the bat. I lifted it just as a trial run. I haven't even brought uh, Instagram back yet, but I did bring back Twitter. And when I did that, I realized I couldn't even, it's like I recalibrated right? So like the natural flow of sitting on there collectively for an hour, hour and a half a day. When I even spent five minutes, like it, it dawned on me, Hey, you just spent five minutes on this. It felt, so it felt like a long time. It felt like an, an eternity comparatively. 
right? And posts where I would have been entertained and wanted to know more about, you know, what this post meant, what this article that was linked to another opinion, counter opinion to the third, whatever. It was no longer, it was kind of like, hey, look, if you have something that you want to gain from this, save it, read it, move on. That's it. We start doing that, you start realizing, you know, how much you've grown in it. So as of now, I'm really happy with it. I'm not trying to act like I am, uh, you know, overcome social media um, temptations like anybody else, but it definitely has helped me recalibrate and uh, be more aware of the time that I'm giving to it. We are getting some nuggets here today. I'm very grateful. You, you said something that I really loved. Like earlier you said, what does that say about us when we really miss this thing? I mean, that's kind of the real issue. This thing that we, that, didn't even exist five years ago, right? Um, and you kind of hit on this point earlier when you were talking about like, you know, we're slaves to these things, right? Yeah. Um, I sent you this documentary. I recommend it to my huge audience as well, Out of Shadows. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's kind of this documentary that sheds light on kind of what's going on behind the scenes in, in all of the entertainment that we consume, that these things are like, the messaging uh, is kind of purposeful, even though we don't realize it or not, like, and purposeful in a negative way. Like these things aren't, these things aren't out there, pop culture I'm talking about, to make people better or, you know, there isn't like, these things aren't positive in, in a whole, the, the messages, like if you watch your, blockbuster movie or listen to your mainstream um music and stuff like these things aren't uplifting you know mm -hmm. so but these are the things that are the most like you know what's what's number one on you know netflix right now is a show called tiger king or something you know like you know mm -hmm. i don't know you know what that's about i mean you know like these things aren't um they're not good for us right so you you were without them for some time did you did you feel different like did you feel different not having them or did you just have more time so it, i think it's different for everybody i i like i said the bulk of my tv watching was sports you know i would if i had to you know pie chart it out it was probably like 95 percent of my tv time um and so that was what and what, that was what primarily stopped. And I'll say too, that at the time when I did pause, it was MBA. Um, and I don't really dial in on MBA until kind of like what would have been kind of April, May, June. And then coincidentally, of course, everybody went, <laughs> everybody went Exodus 90. And right, right. Sports I'm on the program too. <laughs> yeah. You're basically on the program too. Um, so I kind of had it made from that sense. Uh, every once in a while I did like to watch a show and you know, I'll tell you like, kind of like what you said, I had always been cognizant of, man, you're watching a show and you just realize there's just some really foul things that just five years ago you wouldn't have even considered watching. And now you're watching it just like kind of in episode three of whatever show you're watching, you know, and you're watching it with your spouse or you're watching it with, you know, your family or other close friends who you would, call you know sons or daughters of christ 
and you shouldn't, it shouldn't be okay, but you know that it's become normalized and it's even normalized in your house to a degree, or you kind of just, you, you just brush it off. It's like, well, what am I going to do? Like, you know, this is all that I have. These are all my only options. Mm -hmm. Well, when you go off the grid, so to speak, and you don't watch those things for a long time and you come back and then you're about to watch one of those things. Again, it's like a recalibration of what your, um, what you're willing to allow yourself to consume, you know? And that's not to say that I, you know, for 90 days I've been a saint, I haven't watched anything, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much ready to be a monk. That's definitely not the case. But wherever your starting point is, you'll definitely grow. And I think that it's important because when else are you gonna do that, right? So I think it's like, a, I don't know if this was just, a, an analogy people used to give, but it was something that had stuck with me when I was a kid. Have you ever heard of the, uh, the frog and the frog boiling in water? You heard of that before? I've heard of it, but I forgot it. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just kind of like a, a you know, a phrase or a, a story, but, um, or if it's true, but basically supposedly when frogs are in a tub, if you just throw them in a tub of boiling water, they immediately jump right back out. Right. But if you put them in a tub and you slowly heat the water up to the point that it's boiling, then they just die because they don't realize that they're in boiling water. Mm. Again, I have no idea if this is scientifically accurate or not, but who cares? The analogy is really good. And it's the same <laughs> thing for us. It's, um, it's basically like you don't realize the, what you've permitted to be okay for yourself, whether through consumption or, um, you know, your involvement or your social circle or whatever, right. Or the language, how you speak or what you're okay witnessing or signing off on whatever. And sometimes you take a step back and then you realize, wow, like I need to, I need to, you know, for the analogy, I need to throw out, throw out that water and, you know, or cool it down or whatever, but you wouldn't know it until you took a step back. You've been in the tub, right? So your water is pretty hot. And it could be getting you to the point of, you know, a spiritual death, so to speak. And so that's what it did for me. And I think uh, I'm eternally grateful for it. Um, like I said, I don't want to, it's not only, I'm not here to like, you know, I'm not getting commissioned on Exodus 90, but I think the idea is any sort of spiritual journey, it's the same thing. If you were to cut off, you know, social media for a week, TV, and just re replace that time with prayer and reading the word and contemplating on it and sitting in silence, like sitting with your thoughts, like just having a cup of tea at night where you would have watched Netflix and, and maybe had a beer and now you're you know, having a cup of tea and just sitting in silence. There's a, there's a real, I, I think like a real wisdom that you, um, you know, attain in that time because you think about life and you think about, you contemplate on, you know, how grateful you are for your life and the vision you have for the future. And you just, you contemplate on what Christ has done for you in your life and what he's done for all of us by, you know, dying for us on the cross and so on. It's just simple things that you don't realize. You don't even have the ability to listen to him ever. If you give up all that time to whatever it might be shows, social media, um, you know, other activities or whatever. Totally agree. And I think it gets it gets harder and harder for every generation, I feel like, because, you know, 
we didn't have, we didn't grow up with 15 years of Twitter, right? Like I got my, I got my Twitter account like last year and I was mm-hmm. late on Twitter, you know, but these, you know, the youth now are like, you know, they, they pop out the womb now with Twitter, TikTok and like everything else. Right. Yeah. So it's very difficult. And we, I feel like we do have to constantly make efforts to do the things that this program um, entails. I want to talk about just one or two more things and then I'll let you take off those headphones and, uh, and get back to it. Um, this program is for men. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would work for women? Is this a trap question? Is it it's, not definitely- a tra- it's not a trap question. Uh, I just want your, your, your opinion as someone who went through it. Obviously you didn't tell your wife, Hey, you should do this too. Right. Uh, the co-founder had an opinion on this. Um, that's his own, know. his own opinion, but I'm just curious um, what your thoughts are. My off-the-cuff thoughts on it, it, well, the specifically Exodus 90, no, because the message is very catered to men um, in terms of, you know, taking up purity and being a leader in the household, being a priest of the house, um, or preparing yourself to become a priest of the house, um, and being a better father, um, so on and so forth. So I think the particular message currently is catered to men in, within the Exodus 90 program. But I think you can very easily make that um, a very similar approach where there is a fraternity, a prayer component, maybe some elements of asceticism in there as well, but specific to women. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there is. I mean, obviously we have saints in the church that are women, a great deal of them. And obviously St. Mary was, um, you know, the the most beloved human being that's ever lived outside of Christ. So the first among all of them. Yeah, Um, so I don't think that there would be a big difference in that regard. Okay, I'll just tell you what the co-founder said. He said he got, he gets emails about this all the time. He doesn't personally feel the calling to do it. That's why he's not doing it. But he mm-hmm. offered another organization, you know, because he said, listen, just to be quite frank with you, this is kind of a business now, basically. So he gets hit up all the time by business people. This is a great marketing opportunity. You could raise money. Just, you know, it's a whole lot. It's a whole demographics you're missing out on, right? But he's like, I don't feel that calling. This, how this started off was just a small group of men in seminary that developed mm-hmm. this right anyways he, he gave this idea he said hey if you guys want to run with this and do it to this uh it's an organization of women um go ahead uh they also didn't feel the calling and also felt like the model as a whole wasn't healing for women like specifically mm. and like you said it's more tailored towards men and there are you know on this podcast, we don't act like there's no differences between uh, between men and women. That's my own view, not yours. Um, but that's only to say, like, it would have, like, it wouldn't be a one-to-one thing. Like, I don't think like you could just apply all these things and just rebrand it and say, okay, this is Exodus ninety for women. I think it would have to be modified to some extent. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the referenced characters in the scripture are Moses and Aaron. Um, and obviously they're men, right. And 
So, and, and because it's so Old Testament centric, obviously it was a lot more um, catered to, um, you know, men and so on. And, you know, the first male of every family and, and yada, yada. So I won't open up that can of worms. I think that's, that could be a podcast for somebody more uh, equipped to handle that. But I will say, I, I, no, I don't. Media, nobody's going to at you. <laughs> well, I get back tomorrow, so they'll be right there. But, uh, but my point is, I think that, like, I, like you said, I think the message would differ, but the concept can still be the same in the sense of you want to take a leap forward in your spiritual life. You want to do it with a sisterhood, right? Um, who's also prepared to do the same. And um, there could be, you know, some elements of the asceticism for their, for that as well. Right. So like there are sister, um, there's convents, right. So it, it, it's, it's more about the messaging. So like the, the referenced figures might be, might be better off um, suited to be, you know, women in the, in the scripture. I don't know. Um, but I don't see why overall there would be, it would, it, this wouldn't work. It would definitely work. It's just, no, I don't, I don't know of any that's done that. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a male, so. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. This, is, this is both kind of above our pay grades. I just want to get your perspective yeah. on it. Okay. So tomorrow is day 90. Day 91, you said you have kind of a transition plan with your fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, are you nervous? Are you looking forward to getting something back? Are you, are you uh, worried about you know, continuing on something like what, what's your, where are you at? And um, how are you approaching the next phase? So we're, my fraternity, we're taking this week, um, you know, so from day, I guess it would have been 83 or something to day 90 tomorrow to think of um, the specific asceticism components that we want to keep and maintain. Um, we've all agreed that this has done uh, wonders for us in our spiritual life and just kind of our development as, as men. So all, everyone in the fraternity is signed in to, you know, continue in the sense of like checking in on each other weekly. However that looks, we don't know yet. Um, we, we haven't met yet to, to confirm, you know, what we agree on. Um, and as well as from the prayer side, we all agree that we want to have a daily reading that we actually keep to, right? We've all had it in our lives where, Hey, you, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And maybe that turns into like reading a meme of a scripture, you know, and that's enough of the day. And that's obviously not sufficient um, to bear any fruit. It's just kind of, you're reading it to feel like, Hey, I did my, I did my reading check. Right. And it's one thing to read it like that versus like, Hey, I need to read this. I need to read the word of God so that I can, remain um, focused you know on what matters and to gain wisdom and to gain discipline and so on Um, so i think those two are automatic we both agree to right away um, or we all agree to right away the asceticism part is where we're kind of thinking okay how's that going to look are we still going to be doing you know no social media are we going to do it with a cap are we um how's the no alcohol thing look is that are we just totally lifting it off Uh, you know uh, are we lifting it with with some parameters and so on and so forth, right? 
think we all unanimously agreed, hey, cold showers, like we'll ne we're never going to talk about this ever again, right? But uh, that was already <laughs> kind so of good uh, for you, though, man. They actually are really good for you. So, you know, just from a science background, it, it's actually fantastic, especially for men. But, you know, that's not the reason we were doing it in the beginning anyways. So we're just kind of, you know, being honest with one another and not being and not being lazy. Right. So we're not saying like, OK, mission accomplished. This is not like a diet that, you know, hey, I'm going to go on a keto diet for 90 days and oh, look, I hit my numbers. I feel great. All right, cool. Now it's time to, you know, just go hard on, you know, and, and, and everything that I wasn't doing for 90 days that got me to this point. That's not the objective. Um, because this is a sustainable thing, right? I won't speak to diets, but there's some diets that are obviously not sustainable lifelong. This is a diet that is sustainable. If you, if you are being honest with yourself, right? So if you, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like, is it reasonable to have no social media no alcohol, no TV, no non-essential phone use, you know, for the rest of your life? Probably not, right? Not even probably not, definitely not, right? But you, as you go through the journey like this, where you cut off all those things, you start realizing when you're using them and when they're, like I said, becoming too much. And so I, th I think that that's what we will come to an agreement on is, hey, realistically for myself, it's, this this capping of social media time frame it's this capping of you know alcohol intake and it, and it's within reason and and first for the other buddy in my fraternity might be another thing right and so we all kind of hold each other accountable say what those things are speak them you know write them down and, and follow up on a weekly basis and be held accountable right so it's not shying away from what those are independently and being honest and asking for help you know, collectively as a group, that's where the fraternity actually, the fraternity component actually matters. Well, I wish you the best of luck on the next step. Usually at the end of one of my famous podcasts, I do some cross promotion, <laughs> tell people to follow <laughs> the person <laughs> on social media, but we're not going to do that here because uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not active, okay? Oh, all right, all right. Stop rolling, guys. <laughs> There's nothing to follow for me anyway. So yeah. you can follow the Exodus Tiny program. I don't know what their social media links are, but I'm sure it's just yeah. I mean, yeah, you inspired me to check it out. I'm going to try to do it. As for timing, I don't know. Like, I feel like the way you timed it right before Lent is pretty good. If I was trying to do it now. In the summertime. For the summer, <laughs> during the Holy 50 period. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd fail for sure. Um but like you said, it's, it's not, it's not some fad. So it's not like, Hey, do this crash thing. It's more like being aware of these principles that need to be a part of your life. Um, and yeah, so thanks for coming on Antoine and, uh, really appreciate it, man. No worries. Take care, buddy. Thanks for having me.